welcome to Liberated Confusion. I don't, wait, we're doing a show? I think so. It's hard to tell anymore. Do, do I need equipment for this? I would say get your toolbox from uh, my father's basement because... Hold on, hold on. That sounded like the best euphemism for something <laughs> like it ever. I couldn't make one up that's better. Get, go, hey, why don't you go get your toolbox from my father's basement? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can I use that? Yeah, absolutely. Can I, can I steal that euphemism? That, sh that should be on a t-shirt. Yeah. Why don't you go get your toolbox? <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I'd buy that particular merchandise from Redbubble. I am uploading it right now. Cool. Anyway, we're here once again after a five-year hiatus. That hasn't happened yet. It feels like six, but sure. Yeah. And uh, we're here from uh, a um, sort of like the Viking of comics. He travels the country doing comedy and he's an actor and radio personality and all sorts of other cool things but before we get into that you can contact us on liberated confusion on instagram as well as on our facebook page liberated confusion and to find episodes of the podcast you can do so on soundcloud Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, MrInevitable.com, where you can find exclusive behind-the-scenes footage right to your doorstep. We're doing DoorDash, people, and we are here with the excellent and fabulous Jade Esteban Estrada. Welcome. Thank you for having me. How's it going, Jade? Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm here. <laughs> I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear you loud and clear. I like your background. What is that? Uh, I think it's from a Rob Zombie movie, but I don't even remember at this point. I think it's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, nice. So, Elijah, I've been thinking about you a lot because I think I told you that I'm doing that dark comedy show. Oh, you're in doing Fort it? Worth. Yeah, I I don't know if I made that clear, but I was I'm definitely doing it, and so it's this space right where dark comedy is encouraged. <laughs> you know, that's kind of unusual in this day and age. So I'm having to go back at all through some of my sets from the past where it was just too dark and I had to take it out. So happily, you know, I didn't throw them away. They're just in an, they're just in like purgatory. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I have been thinking of you, uh, in regard to that. Nice. So we're able to see you jade but um the audience who's listening can't see you so uh fuck them we, they don't deserve to see us we wanted to clarify for the audience um for which breed of centaur you are Wh i'm sorry which breed of what centaur are you like the horse on the top or the guy on the top the horse on the top or the guy on the top? I'm not familiar with this uh, metaphor. <laughs> so, for instance, the type of breed of centaur. What am I, I am. signing up for? <laughs> I'm, I'm a guy on the top, but also a guy on the bottom. But it's another guy top on the bottom, if that makes sense. This and is not a gay question, is it? Elijah is a guy on the top and a horse on the bottom, but... <laughs> a horse top on the bottom it's weird it, it's a so, it, so this is this is beyond bestiality this is like who you are as a person no i never <laughs> thought about it that way but i guess it could be well let's i'm in dark comedy mode <laughs> why not let's take it let's let's take this car for a spin all right guys uh 
Listen, the, the, the folks at home are used to hearing about cannibalism, but we're going to mix it up for a day. Do some bestiality. Yeah. 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 We are. I see a lot of animal sex in my life because I live in Texas and I am fortunate enough, I'll, I'll phrase it that way, to live on a ranch. So I see horses and donkeys and all these different animals, especially during the springtime, just going at it. And so I think about animal sex quite a lot because I see it a lot. <laughs> you, wait, you see animal sex? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I live on a ranch. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still, like, people say that, like, oh, no, I live on a farm. Like, you still have to, like walk outside and look at it you know what i mean like you're still looking for animal it's not just like oh it's by accident you're walking around no 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 i I, they literally see animals i'd like to think i have a good vibe with the uh, the animals so the Uh animals often seek me out they they they're they're exhibitionists (laughs) they're they're not shy they're not shy i know we have at least last spring, we had three donkeys, female donkeys. I was just picturing a donkey in a trench coat, like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Keith, and I feel, I feel like unprepared to have this conversation because I have always said, I need to look up donkeys because donkeys, we'll focus on donkeys for a second because historically, when we think of things like this, we do think of donkeys. That's where we get the term, the donkey show and all that. I have been meaning to look up just donkey life and donkey, you know, reproducing and all that. So all I have really is what I've seen and what I've noticed and the patterns that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. They are not shy to, to answer your question. They seem to always go at it at a certain time of the year and when they get horny they let out the male donkeys let out this scream that is like you know it's it's the it's the sound of donkeys that everyone thinks about that but it sounds Mm -hmm. so like tortured and there's nothing wrong with him i just know that he's just in heat and i'm like and that's not just one it's like the male donkeys in general and the male donkeys that we have are smaller and the women are larger so it's always funny to see the little donkeys hop onto the larger female donkeys and the female donkeys just accept it or how do we get how do we start talking about this i do you ever see those videos of like a monkey washing a cat no what? No. Never. It's like old footage, like black and white footage of a monkey washing a cat or like a little monkey riding a dog or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we lost our way with training monkeys. We used to really like have game with monkey training. Yeah. I, I wonder now, if somewhere, uh, somewhere along the, the way we kind of decided that that uh, was animal cruelty in some way. Possibly. Well, the monkeys, I don't know. The, you ever see like, uh, you know, those cities that have like a monkey infant infestation? They got like monkey problems. Oh, is that how Atlantis happened? Yeah. <laughs> There's some aggressive monkeys out there. The monkeys mostly want to be with us. Right. The apes, maybe not as much. You know, definitely there's other animals where we pull, like all the stuff at SeaWorld, you know, we're pulling them in and it's like, no, that's not nice. So here's a question that's really been on my mind lately. Dogs in particular. How do dogs know to be like the protectors of humans? Like, it just seems like they're born with that DNA, which Mm -hmm. also makes me want to ask about the monkey situation. I have the answer to that. I, I, I want to know because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I have two dogs that just showed up at my doorstep and I started feeding them, but they, before I started feeding them, they seemed to want to protect me mm-hmm. a lot. And I was like, 
that made me start to think like where does that come from why do you innately want to do that it's the same way that you want to protect cheese fries like they (laughs) if if humans for whatever reason never ate food we would not have dogs that's basically all it comes down to we feed them and food is we've we've like we figured out how to just waste food which not a lot of animals on this Jeez, planet. I lost you on sound. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so go back to cheese fries. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. So humans have done a remarkable thing where we figured out a way to waste food. There are animals that do it, but not a lot. And it's like, that's a luxury state of existence. We could create food and just be like, eh, throw it away. Eh, it looks gross. And most animals still live like hand to mouth. So when you're like, I got free food over here, we're throwing it away. They're like, oh my God, I would die without that. That's so awesome. That is like food equals life. And if you give me that, I'll give you undying loyalty. That's all I really have in return with the teeth. and stuff. Mm. I have my own theory too. Uh, I want to hear it. I think it's a combination of lucky guesses as well as, uh, just having much better intuition than uh you know family members that don't know you that well that uh decide to get you a shirt from woodstock (laughs) so the dogs like it like just naturally know what you need much better than the your fellow for the sake of this analogy, I need to know, do you mean Woodstock 99 or Woodstock 69? Oh, I'm talking about... Uh, Just the town? No, Woodstock. Are you Charlie Brown? Woodstock 2019, the festival that was going to happen but never did. Oh, they had that? Mm. They sort of did. People showed up at the festival and... Uh, the promoters never told anyone that it wasn't happening. Do you know how easy it would be for us to just start making flyers for Woodstock like this year? Yeah. <laughs> and they already know where it is. They could just, we could send like millions of people there. I think we should make yeah. it interesting and, uh, and set this, uh, sort of unauthorized Woodstock festival in New Zealand. <laughs> I, I know it's probably a felony to start selling the tickets. Yeah. But I don't know if there's any law against just saying that there is a show and there's no show. And like, just you, pranking you could, the world. You could just send like a couple of porta potties so that later on you could tell the judge our hearts were in the right place. I mean, it really comes down to porta potties. That's. That really does. Oh, Speaking wait. of humans and animals. Better yeah. idea. Yeah. Let's have this Woodstock Festival at Jade's Farm. <laughs> I see what you did there. You circled it back to Texas. It sounds like they're already having a little festival up on Jade's Farm. A little bit. He's like, bit. everybody's fucking. It, 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 at first, it made me a little uncomfortable. But now I'm fine with it. I just kind of like, you guys, get a stable. I don't, I wouldn't mind donkeys screwing right in front of me as much as like, here's what annoys me. The other day I was sitting in the yard and I was like, oh, there's a fly. But really it was two flies humping, but still flying. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you guys just somehow managed to make it worse. You took it to 11. Like, flies are already gross, you know. <laughs> that actual, that visual did kind of gross me out, I have to say. Yeah. Do you want... I wasn't prepared for that. They weren't maggots. They're too young. Do you, it would have been illegal. Do you, you have to be at least 24 hours old. Do you want me to send my dad to your farm since he's kind of like a donkey? He's an exhibitionist, so that's the commonality there and he definitely uh (laughs) he definitely makes those tortured noises when he's sleeping and having night terrors 
hilarious. He might fit in. Yeah. I have, I have day terrors. Elaborate. How does that manifest itself? I have date. I just like people come up to me like, "Hey, you want a sandwich?" And I'm like, "Where am I?" Speaking it's of sandwiches, the world we live in. Speaking of sandwiches, that's the other thing we got to make sure we have for our fake festivals: plenty of cheese sandwiches. Yeah, maybe some <laughs> granola too. When we run out of cheese sandwiches. You're reminding me of that festival that they did a documentary on it. The Fire Festival. The Fire Festival. Yep. Yes. That was fascinating. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating. You know, and I'm thinking of that a little bit more intently because last night I just finished the Netflix series, uh, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Hunter Moore, the guy who did the revenge porn site back when we didn't really have laws against that Mm -hmm. like in 2010 2011 and it was just like such a reminder and the fire festival is 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 like that too of how easy it is to scam people in a wild wild west kind of environment that that the internet arguably still is is at but like certainly like 10 15 years ago when people just believed you know right they believed anything that was right in front of their screen wouldn't regular ass privacy laws just cover you know like you uh publishing my naked pictures i'm not sure but i mean i know that not me publishing your name that is there's there's no law against that i'm saying you i don't want you doing mine i don't know why i'm getting so specific with this analogy you know what elijah all right what if elijah posts my the naked photos that i took of you because i'd be the photographer i'm the real artist you're just the model okay you took the pictures keith these are pictures of elijah and i posted them is this is this the i'm like i'm just trying to nancy grace the scenario (laughs) because what i understand is that there according to the documentary we have laws against this now posting people's images that are you know naked in 48 states but we don't have a federal law currently Mm. and it's just it just to me it's just interesting how we we're still in the in our infancy when it comes to understanding the cyber world and how there are crimes being committed right now i'm sure that we don't even know our crimes yet Mm. like we'll figure it out like in about 10 20 years wait a minute that was wrong all along people never had any you know recourse to fix things Elijah's sweating over there because he knows that you're on his podcast that he's going to post and edit whatever he wants out of it without your consent. (laughs) And that's fair. That's fair. That's going to be one of those things we figure out is illegal in like 20 years. We're going to deep fake (laughs) you on top of we're going to make a donkey centaur and deep fake you onto it for this podcast. And I would probably not be surprised. I'll be like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> I've made a vow to myself starting now, though, about this podcast where I don't edit anything to see what is wow. and what isn't illegal in t- 10 to 20 years. And, uh,. Cast the die and uh, see where I end up, whether it's jail or whether I'm in the clear. So you both are comics. So Elijah, I know you are, but Keith, are you also a comedian? No. Well, we're both half comics, so together we're one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry I missed you, Keith. And yeah, uh, that's when I was in Denver. Yeah, I'm still at that stage where people ask if you're a comedian, and I'm like, okay, so obviously you've never heard of me, don't recognize me, and still don't think I'm funny now. So, uh, <laughs> like you have <laughs> no, to be, no, not at all. You have to bypass all those qualifications to ask that question. 
Keith? There are a lot of folks who are like exclusively online, exclusively podcasters and have or like no, TikTokers or something. So I just wanted to clarify because you know, for context, you know, there's a lot of things that, like, for instance, Elijah and I had, I thought, a, what I thought was a great conversation uh, after my show over in Boulder about about just comedy stuff. And I, one of the things I love about being on the road is talking to other comics just about comedy because it's not something that regular people kind of get. You know, I think we were talking about dark comedy versus that middle of the road comedy versus family friendly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that is, that is a whole other conversation that I don't think regular people are that interested in. Not all of them. Anyway, that's one of the reasons I asked. Yeah. I'm in, I love all, all the stuff. I yeah. clean comedy is a little bit sad to me, but other than that, <laughs> It Why is. is it sad? I mean, when it's not funny, I think all, all comedy is sad when it's I, not funny. It's not so much when somebody makes a joke that's funny that happens to be clean. It's the need for the demand. Whoever's making the demand for clean comedy, to me, just makes me want to like, I seriously want to hold my face in my hands and like maybe cry a little bit about humans. Because like, I don't know, are you familiar with uh, a Dyson Sphere? Mm-mm. Okay, a Dyson sphere is like the energy, uh, like if we could make a sphere, like a solar paneled sphere around the sun to capture the energy of the sun, it's like a level two out of three sentient civilization. And we are now, we're at like a 0.5 as far as sentient out of, out of three, because we can't even harness up the power of our own planet. And if we could make a Dyson sphere, that would be fucking awesome. And we could get rid of like global warming and we'd have energy. We could travel through space. All that. That's the kind of stuff we should be doing. Instead, we're worrying about whether there's fucking no, no words, no, no words. What, who's saying no, no words. That's mm-hmm. what we're fucking. We invented words so that we forbid them and spend all of our time making laws and chasing around who's saying them and doing and thinking them. It is such a waste of fucking resources. We are so stupid. We're the dumbest fucking (laughs) like we're the dumbest smart species in the universe. I guarantee you we're the dumbest. Sorry. I didn't mean to to be that harsh, but when, so when someone's like, Oh, can you keep it clean? I'm like, you, you are specifically why we're the dumbest sentient species (laughs) in the fucking universe. (laughs) You, the showrunner would need to have some context when you point your finger at them and say that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So when you say that Keith, I, I don't know how much of the old television shows you have seen, you know, in your life or on YouTube, but do you remember the show, the Jeffersons? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love okay. The so the guy who played, yeah. So the guy who played George Jefferson, Sherman Hemsley, he was also someone, uh, again, not prepared for this conversation, but I also come from journalism. So I interviewed him. I think I gave his, I think he gave me his last interview before he died. He di- He was in El Paso, Texas living in his last days. I interviewed him. I can't remember the, oh, he was doing a show. I forget what the context was, but we had like a two to three hour conversation. And he was one of those folks who believed in beings from another realm Mm-hmm. were this is how he explained it to me as best I can remember he said that we were all kind of these enlightened beings and folks from another you know galaxy or wherever there they are out in the universe check on us sometimes 
and they cut us off a little bit from our, our ability to be like them, to know a lot of things, to know more than the average person, to, to hear more than the average, to sense more than the average. And he said that one day they were going to come scoop us up and take us back to where we're supposed to be. And he explained this whole thing in great detail. And when you say that, I wonder if we're just not there yet. We're not worthy of being picked up yet, according to this idea. Yeah. Have, have like, you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this? I, I, yeah. I mean, not specifically that, but like it's basically the alien, you know, the the little gray. What do they call them? The grays? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But, it, I, I mean, but it was... Um, God, it was just fascinating to me. I mean, I hung up, we, it was a phone conversation and I was like, wow, there's just so much, uh, so many ideas. I won't call it ideologies, but I'll say there's so many different ways of looking at creation and the future of our species. Sure. I, 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 I always, always like push on anyone that has a specific pitch. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, this happened, they came from here and they're gonna do this and this is why, and I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you get a fax? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I remember after I had this conversation with Sherman Hemsley, I told my sister who's really religious about everything that he said. And I remember her going, Oh yeah, because aliens came down and left humans here to do this and then aliens are going to take us back. And then like without thinking because my head was already there, I said, and a teenage girl just got pregnant without having sex with anybody else and he was the son of God like that. That's the same amount of an ask, you know, of oh, totally. believability. That was a super, she was 13. That was a supernatural rape. First of all, she couldn't consent because of her age. Secondly, you can't consent right. to a fucking deity. Like, what are you going to say? Uh, no, not tonight. I got, uh, fuck, no, I'm God. And I don't even think she didn't consent. They weren't dating. You know what I mean? She just woke up like, oh, I've, I got I to puke today. That's it. That was rape. That was supernatural rape. And that's why this whole Roe v. Wade thing is they don't mind it because they're like, hey, that's what we worship as a rapist. A mm. supernatural rapist. Sorry, uh, I, I'm making this this podcast go viral, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I'm able to throw you under the bus, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was the first rape bait. Well, probably not the first, but... The first supernatural rape child, child, child of the rape. The child yeah. of. Mm -hmm. And so if we had Roe v. Wade back then, maybe we wouldn't have Jesus. And that's probably their argument. Save all <laughs> the rape babies because they could be supernatural rape babies. Who knows? Never know. This is Never kind know. of an eye opening, um, an eye opening conversation, though, like because uh, like we know about aliens and we know about uh the bible do you think there's like a connection there like do you think that uh certain aliens were like the the 17 apostles in the bible and like uh jesus was another alien and that kind of thing it it does make me wonder sometimes, Eliza. You know, I I look at, you know, I guess I'm going to answer what you, or I'm just going to respond to what you just said in this way. If you go throughout history and you see the people who were the movers and shakers and contributors to our culture, a lot of them had these weird unexplainable deaths <laughs> untimely deaths and I always think when that happens I'm thinking of uh, I don't know Heath Ledger comes to mind uh, Edgar Allan Poe comes to mind Edgar Allan Poe is the one that I'll, I'll come back to him in a moment because he's the one who really made me think wow you created this big thing that changed his culture a little bit. In his case, I believe it was the raven that that 
story poem he wrote <clears throat> and then he's done and so these aliens are like thanks <laughs> zap you're dead we don't need you anymore you peaked you already created what you needed to create steve jobs he was pretty young when he died i mean you go through all jfk you go through all of these folks martin luther king all of these marilyn monroe you look at all these folks who created something or shifted the culture in a certain direction like they did their part and then they were just iced i, I feel think like about that a lot i feel like we're about to hear about chemtrails we're this close to hearing about chemtrails not for me not for me i don't uh i don't know do you have chemtrail no but that's it's like that's a that's a total conspiracy theorist like take on it like it's just too perfect they got killed right after they did something you know what i mean like you know my brother is a conspiracy theorist so i may have gotten a little bit of that in me because it's in the dna yeah. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to uh uh what's sudden that? infant death syndrome what do you think that is they didn't want the person to create that thing that they're all in it it's a conspiracy have you seen that show on netflix uh the travelers i think it's called the travelers no it's sort of like i i want to say it's sort of like that it's kind of like they go in time and they prevent certain things from happening oh that's right the idea is in the future the world you know we can't have nice things so the world just implodes or something happens and so what in the future where they have perfected sort of time travel they send certain people back in time to stop those little steps that led to the destruction in the future of earth so i i, I think again i think that's an interesting premise mm -hmm. kind of undoing what fate had sorted out all along i've also mm -hmm. got a theory about the big bang too if you want to hear it because i think the tv show not yet but uh, oh that's the big bang theory you're saying the theory about the big bang theory yeah got it got it, got it. oh i thought you were talking about the porn i have a theory about elijah's theory about the big bang theory parody porn parody but we'll talk about that after we hear his theory on the big bang <laughs> I only formulated an opinion about uh, the original Big Bang, the the thing that uh, the Big Bang Theory ripped off. Oh, yeah. Which is that, because, uh, uh, again, aliens, uh, mm -hmm. they're everywhere. And I think the Big Bang happened because aliens were looking for... Um, an Osama bin Laden kind of character in that timeline. And uh, they found him and they dropped an atomic bomb on him. Except he wasn't really a terrorist. He was more of like an exhibitionist. And, you know, exhibitionists were frowned upon and uh, their activities were illegal back then. So, like... When they dropped the atomic bomb, they opened up this universe and aliens are, were like, oh shit, what did we do? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think there's something to that? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Hence the silence. See, my my theory with a lot of this stuff is that I, I don't know i i guess i have a level of self-awareness to know that i'm human and i'm fallible and also like not even close to got shit figured out you know what i mean you know how the dog knows the tv's on but it doesn't really know exactly what's happening it doesn't know that you're watching a TV show and what it's what that is. That's like us. We can see the screen, but we have fucking no idea that that's. So I love when you hear theories that are in the format of what the dog would think about that light. You know what I mean? And it's it never it, it, it's impossible to have a theory that is actually comprehensive of the stuff that we can't comprehend. So that's the only theory 
that I would appreciate. So that's why I see all other alien theories is just complete bullshit and just the ramblings of the human simple mind. Hmm. If that makes any sense. That reminds me a little bit of the conversation of artificial intelligence. I, w- I, I was listening to some scientists talk online about it, and they were trying to describe the vast difference between the, the intelligence of humans and artificial intelligence robots or whatever you want to call them. And he described it as a human walking around. Human is the artificial intelligence example here mm-hmm. and us as little ants little ants that you could step on or pour water on destroy their little houses step on their little little you know mounts of civilization and that's how like we, we could never ever keep up with them because they are so advanced the AI is mm-hmm 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 well, think about how our brains work compared to how AI works. Like humans, that's the other reason like I, I'm, I'm not down with any God theories because humans are garbage. We're fucking built like garbage. Look at how, like you, you have to go to the doctor for every goddamn, there's so many things going wrong with you. And then also our brains, if you think about, when, okay, so if a computer, you're like, all right, 42 times two, right? It's 84. Can you remember that? And the computer's like, got it. Because that's the math is, right? And then a human brain is like, okay, no, look, 42, 42. It's like, there's, it's like a person running through a meadow and then uh, their hat blew off and then it swirled and times two. And you got to create this scenario to memorize shit. You know what I mean? Like our brains work where you have to add extra shit in order to remember shit. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is true. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm excited about that sweet, sweet promotion that I'm going to get once the rapture finally happens that the Mayans predicted. <laughs> what, what were you promising? Are promised? you going to shout out? Yeah, are you gonna get out to the Mayans? Are you gonna get a corner office in vacation days? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to get better health insurance. Hmm. I mean, that's what we're all going for, isn't it? Yeah. And there, we want that. We want that rich person health insurance. You know, where it's like, ah, oh, your organs are failing. We'll just get you new ones. Like that's the kind of health insurance everybody wants and the cool thing about uh this were the organs go ahead and the cool thing about uh this promotion is that uh none of your paycheck will be taken away from uh the health insurance the vision the dental that kind of thing so it's just your base pay and there's no taxes or anything this is like in the future Oh, this he's is talking about the afterlife, and he's still on taxes. Like I think you're thinking too small, Elijah. You're right. He's like, no, the filings are going to be so easy. You don't understand. What the? It's with one click. There's an app. It's wait. You're thinking small, buddy. If I'm thinking small, it's just because I don't know what. Uh, the future of the rapture beholds. Elijah, do you believe in reincarnation? I don't know. I'm sort of like that dog on the television. I did a, an independent film like about 10 years ago, and it was a really interesting experience because I think it was like, it was 10 films put together. It was called The Innocent Saga. And it was this time travel it was sci-fi it was all these things but the actors never saw like the full script that was a thing that the director was doing you just had the script for the day and or whatever you were assigned to do and the last part of that film series with everything that was happening and and i think it was like 
because we didn't have a huge acting pool in the San Antonio Austin area, some actors would come back in a later film and play a different role, but they were still the same actor. But he would still allude to the idea that they looked like the another person. And at the very end, I remember this was my takeaway from watching the very end that explained everything. The end was the idea that there are only 500 people on the planet <laughs> and that they kept like coming back and coming back. They might not have had memory of their past life because people were getting killed left, right and center, but they would come back and it would be the same face. And finally, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I was always thinking as an actor, and, and you know, I have a, a past as a director. I'd be like, well, how are you going to do, how are you going to fix that? I mean, where the audience might go, oh, I've seen Keith in like two of the other films. Or Elijah was that played the waiter in the other film or something. He used that to make his point at the end. And I have always thought, that how can God not recycle if you do believe in that kind of higher power? Like with souls and stuff. Yeah. I think about that a lot. God God has like a deep bench and there's just souls sitting there with like tube socks pulled all the way up. Like, come on, man. Like like a headband and a couple wristbands. They're just too, you know what I mean? They're so green, but they're eager. And he's like, get in there. Yeah, that's something that <laughs> Like I don't, I've never heard anyone describe the concept of souls without sounding ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, they're ghosts that wait in space. They they live in space. They're ghosts, and they fly into your bodies when you're an embryo, and then when you die, they fly back out. I think they go back to the same like farm where it's a space farm where ghosts live that inhabit bodies, and their job is to inhabit the body and decide what your favorite color is? I fucking don't know. That's something that's always confused me about God, like, especially with his TV series and stuff, or not even TV series, <laughs> but like, like whenever he was doing uh, eyebrow reconstruction surgery on Keith, how come he never uh, recycled the casts of his eyebrows before the procedure. Yeah, and why? What's he not? Why is he not working on my mustache? Why is he fucking worried about my eyebrows? Yeah, look, I'm fine with the brows. They're a little big, but who cares? They don't. They don't overgrow. What's like wrong with your mustache? The alopecia Hitler with your mustache. My my mustache oh. is like I guess it's got the same disease as Michael Jackson. The, the skin one, not the other one. <laughs> but uh, uh like michael jackson my facial hair was also black in the 80s so for a short time for like two years in the 80s mm. but feathery is so fleeting yeah so the soul thing mm-hmm Going back to that show, I only saw season one of it, Travelers Think. What I found really interesting about that show was the idea of presenting like the imperfection or not imperfection of just like a lack of exactitude that they had with time travel. They couldn't. Okay, so the people from the future would jump in their consciousness would jump into someone from the present times like their body but they couldn't kill the person they had to find people who were about to die and they couldn't be dead but they couldn't have been dead like for a week or two they were able to go through the public records of people who died at like 12 11 p.m on this date and they would jump back in time at that time, right when the person had a heart attack or whatever. So their portal somehow was open. The, the, the consciousness of the de dying person went away and the futuristic person jumped in and took over their life. Like that was the idea. Mm -hmm. So when you say conscious, when you say souls, I think, it, I think it's more palpable to say consciousness. 
Like mm-hmm. if that is a thing, whether it be flies or ants or people, like is that a thing? That's that's something that I think we'll we'll be thinking about that for a while mm. as a as a you know as humans. Yeah, I always just think about consciousness as something that is a product of your biological form. You know, your brain creates its own consciousness, just like a computer isn't like there's no ghost in there. It's just wires and it's the right wires that make computing possible. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with just believing that, you know, your brain is just a bunch of cells and it's the right cells that create a consciousness behind this biological lump of shit that moves around. And, you know, the more evolved that configuration of cells is, the more consciousness you'll create from from scratch. And I mean, you could just look at other less evolved creatures uh, who are less conscious and kind of see that process. It's, it's, I don't don't know. To me, there's, there's not a mystery that needs solving right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't need to believe in like, but what happens when, you know what I mean? Like, I think for people who, I think for people who want to manipulate it, absolutely. That's an ongoing conversation. I think it's an existential coping mechanism. (laughs) <laughs> to have to to have to know you know what i'm saying like yes absolutely yes and, and i i've never i've i've never had a problem with that i'm always like nothing when you die okay you know what i mean like it's not that much weirder than here like there's it, it's this isn't great you know what i mean like what mm. i i could accept nothingness that's easy like just picture nothing there you go it's not it's not that fucking impossible i i don't know and i'll tell you what if like i have consciousness that is going to live on for eternity after like after death i gotta find the right kind of bullets for that no way no no i do why not, not? why not you can be influential in other people's lives beyond your own death. If my consciousness exists in a realm forever with everyone else's whoever existed, no, nope, that is a hard fucking no. I do not want to imagine for- trying to trying to do comedy with other like you know expired souls. There's like ten thousand <laughs> comedians in L.A. Like you think I want to go with? into heaven and deal with that shit like oh I'm, can i get stage time here no uh, we'll put you on the wait list it's like, worse than chocolate no. sundays no way dude that's hilarious also sidebar from this moment forward this is no longer a comedy podcast this is a sci-fi podcast <laughs> it kind of is and i I'm, always make it that i'm sorry and i can put the bookmarkers in there I love it and I'm here for it. It's going to <laughs> It's going to make my life so much easier. <laughs> the hashtags will just like spell themselves out. Tune in, turn on and drop out, kids. <laughs> were we supposed to be talking about comedy? No. No, but you okay. were supposed to be funny. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. did you not say that in the email? yeah i might have missed the boat on that yeah i never got the email so that's why i i i was told by others who have listened to your podcast because i asked that you're kind of like a whatever happens happens kind of podcast which is as it should be i think yeah Mm -hmm. it's almost like it's a sexual yeah. liberation podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I was told that I might I would be asked very very strange questions about very strange scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for it. Your intel is good. You should work for the government. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a question though. Um, that's another. Str- I can't tell if it's a strange scenario or not, but. Uh, would you be that old guy that went to a haunted house and scared the people working at it by pretending to have a heart attack? Wait, what, is the guy living? 
I thought I heard something about the guy already being dead. Basically, in the future, okay, you would be an old guy. Uh, okay. And you'd be at a haunted house. No one knows how you got there. Okay. And you pretended to have a heart attack to prank the people working there who go around scaring people. And, and then one day it happens for real. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean it. <laughs> but would you be that guy that pretended to have a heart attack to scare the employees at the haunted house to make it a real I think so old man Estrada always pulling his pranks don't worry about him you know when you say that I I can't help but remember that one of my first jobs was at a theater of wax a wax museum and they always used to say Jade go turn off the bathroom lights and the bathrooms were all the way through all these wax figures and there was like a dim light and you could everybody's eyes were like gleaming and they were frozen but they were all somehow looking at you Mm -hmm. i remember granny from the beverly hillbillies was scary uh eliza minnelli was horrifying Leonard Nimoy, Dr. Mr. Spock was also very scary, but they were on the way over to the bathroom. I shut the ba- lights off in the bathrooms, and as a prank, my friends who knew I was just a scaredy cat, they would turn off all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as old man Estrada, Keith, as you, as you describe, I think I would want to like somehow get back at the descendants of my friends. <laughs> But yeah, you stand, heart attack. You, you yeah. stand in with the wax sculptures like this. <laughs> and when they're walking by, uh, you know, come to life. Yeah. And I maybe like do that with folks. Yeah. Yeah. Bump, bump Nimoy, make him like move a little. So they think, oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what I would do. I would take Elijah's dare and... I would like up the ante. I would, <laughs> I would like, you know, like cut myself at like a murder mystery party and make it all, make it really confusing. Like people would be like, wait a second, this guy bleeding all over the place, but who's, who's dead? Who's the killer? Who's dead? I would, and it would screw with the company doing the party too. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Just a finger prick. Nothing weird. I'm not emo. You wouldn't do, like, um, the cutting of the hands to prove your brothership? That's always the worst part of your body to cut, is, like, right in the palm, where it's going to get the dirtiest and keep moving. I hate seeing that in shows. You don't... I, uh, you don't no, you know what? I would just fake an asthma attack. That would <laughs> be... Cleaner. That would this be- is the one! <laughs> That would be your way of joining the Brotherhood? Yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth! (laughs) I'm coming for you! You did watch all those shows, didn't you? Yeah, that's Red Fox. But yeah. Of course, yeah. You would always fake that. It's the big one! (laughs) You know, speaking of Red Fox, it's funny that you bring him up. Because again, we come back to Elijah and I talking about dark comedy the other day uh red fox was known for some really dark and dirty shit mm-hmm. which i you know you wash maybe your I, ass yeah yeah that wasn't dark but and i just dirty then. yeah but they're cousins right mm-hmm. dark yeah and dirty you're playing with the safety in people's minds in both you know like I said, the, the censorship is comes from like people wanting to be safe. They don't want to be challenged. Mm. And so does the darkness. You know. I, I'm, I I'm love that. Of- I think you just put it all in a nutshell when you said that. That that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I never really heard it that way. But I think yeah. that could be the marker for what makes comedy a little edgy. Yeah, you're kind of like you're poking fun at the human condition existence itself you know when you do dark comedy and all the things i mean it sounds like you sound people tend to like think oh this guy's just an edgelord and sometimes there are just edgelords 
but a lot of times it's you know because i have uh so many jokes about death and and family death and suicide and all this other stuff and it's just like only because that happens all the time to people and there's a potential for i mean we're all gonna die like it's you you have ownership as an individual of that possibility and that fear and that likelihood you know it's it's not like because sometimes people get like oh i i you can't joke about cancer. I know someone that died about from cancer. And I'm like, you don't own that dude. First of all. Yeah. Mm. And I could get cancer any minute. Like cancer's a human thing. And also why do you care about cancer, but not Alzheimer's? It's just because it happened to you. You selfish prick. You know what I mean? Like care about it all or care about nothing. I'm more on the nihilist side where I care about nothing because like, it's all we're, we're all subject to it. So Nobody owns it and we can all be afraid of it and we can all express that in any way we choose. I choose comedy. Elijah, I'm curious, how do you define dark comedy? Like in your head, what does that look like? This might not make a lot of sense, but uh, for me, I define it as sort of like a a place in between cannibalism, Catholicism, and nihilism. Catholicism just for the wine? Catholicism (laughs) for the wine and uh, how they usually get so blackout drunk that they end up murdering people. Mm. That's usually where all the wars started because they would go on these huge benders for like months at a time uh where they were just murdering people i think what are your thoughts yeah yeah that's definitely true i i feel i don't know i just feel it sounds it sounds like terrible for me to say this because i shouldn't care about this quote unquote but I feel bad for the Catholic Church and, and its decline that we're seeing because it could have been real. It could have been a. I mean, arguably, it was a good thing for civilization, but it could have been so much better if there hadn't been, you know, such everyday bad folks involved in the leadership over the over the centuries. I remember I was having a conversation with a girl and I was in Prague and there was a girl from Poland who she she and I were talking at the hotel and she was really like shitting all over the United States. And I was like, you know, I get it. I get it. And I said something like, oh, well, I said something about first world country as opposed to, you know, third world country and she stopped me right away she goes first world she goes have you looked at your poverty rates in the united states like she knew a lot about our country and she says second world maybe and she and she started talking about socialism and she's like you know what being from poland being so closely associated with russia you know we have experienced socialism socialism you know firsthand and our and our families have she goes a lot of people say say you know things about socialism like in a negative way she goes but socialism is not a bad idea communism she said is not a bad idea it's just something that got twisted by a few very evil men in the very beginning of it and so people just threw the baby out with the bathwater, and that gave me like a lot of um you know, made me think about Catholicism and all these other things that we, you know, kind of go, oh, that's not going to work at all. But sometimes some of the elements are still workable, like they can be reincarnated, if you will. <laughs> but as a whole, I think human beings kind of just mess things up. And that's kind of our nature. Yeah, I think that's a good note to end. Um, well, maybe it's a good note to end it on. But I wanted to know real quick two things. The first thing is, do you think um, the Catholic Church isn't doing so well because they uh, haven't switched to cryptocurrency yet? 
I mean, with the <laughs> rates of inflation and all. I think if they want to survive, they should. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the future of currency is is something that I think we need to like pay attention, have a meeting about. And also, the second thing, uh, where can people find you, like on social media, to see what you're up to? So, I'm not sure I ever said this, but my name is Jade Esteban Estrada, <laughs> and I am known as the Prada Enchilada which is what I use as my social media handles. So the Prada Enchilada on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I am, you know, of course you can find me as Jade Esteban Estrada. I I'll, like Jade Esteban Estrada stuff is like everything I do. Like, you know, I, I do films. I just did a film uh, earlier this week and the Prada Enchilada is just my stand-up, which is how you and I met Elijah. And Keith, too. I hope to see you next time in person when I'm there. When are you coming to you're LA? Denver, right, Keith? I'm in LA. Oh, you're in LA? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm, probably... Why'd you say it like that? Uh, like, what? Like, I'm an astrologist or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's the, color, like a, it's the color of your thinking. Like when people say they're no, a Gemini, the you're like, oh, thinking. that's so you. Know, you. When, when you yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah. It's very much, see, I lived in New York for a very long time, so I was able to to sniff out kind of where people were from just by uh-huh. how they thought, um, what they thought in some cases. Uh, if they advocated popular ideology or if they had something really, really like niche, you know, that I would be like, are you from L.A.? <laughs> so that's why I say that. Wait, yeah. like, like, like right out of the gate, I think I would have had a different conversation with you had I known that. Where do oh, you yeah. think I'm but, but it all makes sense. Yeah. I want to know something. Where do you think I'm yeah. originally from? Because I'm not originally from here. Are you an East Coast person by chance? Yes. Elijah? I am. Like north, more north than New York? What are you like, a Maryland person? No. Like mid-Atlantic? Where? Upstate New York. Upstate New York. What, Utica, Syracuse? Hudson Valley. Okay. Oh, so not that far away. Okay. That's cool. What brought you to Denver? Various factors. Hmm. And Keith, what brought you to LA? Also various factors. Okay. So like, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, not. We're not trying to be them. like... Yeah, we're not, you know, in witness protection or anything, but... Uh, but we are. It's, it's more comp- like traveling. I don't know. There's, there's no one, you know, cute one word answer. It's... It was various. Factors. I think it would be a hilarious premise for like a, someone in the witness protection program to be a comedian. <laughs> I think that would be a good uh, a good title for a TV show. Just call it various factors. I love it. Yes, and have that really quick-witted, quick exchange comedy that uh, like. Netflix is known for it these days. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's a really corny family drama where there's a laugh track on every line. Oh, for nice. a, uh, new TV show, Various Factors. Various Factors is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> there it is. Aww. There's that LA. There's that yeah. LA-ness. <laughs> hey, Mom, my new boyfriend's coming over and he wants to smoke marijuana (laughs) honey you know you can't do that why not mom because of various factors various factors will be right back after these messages you need that like high energy intro music various factors it's a saxophone yeah there's a sax in there (laughs) <laughs> we have our pilot episode it's done it's been written episode two please <laughs> well thanks for being on the show jade it was uh well great thank you. you for having me i had fun 
lost and, too. And it's exact. And it was exactly what I was told it would be. It would be something that I would be completely unprepared for, and it would be a conversation that I would probably never have again, and that I should be ready to for any any kind of questions. Which all all of those things happened. I'm glad you were semi prepared then. I was. I felt like, at least emotionally, yes. <laughs> I'm still unprepared. Yeah. What's happened? Oh, we uh, we did a podcast, Keith. <laughs> oh, cool! I love podcasts. When does it start? <laughs> it starts in uh, twenty minutes. Awesome! I can't wait. Uh, let me get a drink. I'll be ready to go. All right. We're just gathering our various factors. <laughs> In closing, we'd like to thank Jade Esteban Estrada for being our guest on the show. And of course, thank you those truly. This is Mr. Inevitable. And Keith Graber. And Jade Esteban Estrada collectively saying to all of you hey listen don't mess with me in the afterlife you see my soul lose my number